Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. So if you got your Bibles, let's turn to 1 John 5, verse 4. We're going to talk about faith this morning. This is called the Summer of Faith at Church on the Rock. We're in the Summer of Faith. The reason we're preaching on faith is because I felt like it was a mandate for me to preach about faith, to strengthen and encourage your faith. It's something that you have to constantly hear about and something that I feel like uh, it's probably been a a little bit since we've gone over some of the essentials of faith. And uh, today I want to talk about growing faith. Growing faith. So 1 John 5 and verse 4, this is our key verse for the series. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So notice it says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that's overcome the world, our faith. And the series has been called Faith That Overcome. You know, I want you to know this morning, it's 100% God's will that you're a victorious believer. It's 100% guaranteed that it's God's will that you're an overcomer. But the way we get victory, the way we overcome, the way we conquer things that is against us is by our faith. Faith is the victory. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Now, here's just a quick definition of what overcome means again. Overcome means to succeed in dealing with a problem or difficulty. Overcome means also to defeat an opponent and prevail over it. That's what the definition of overcome means. And it's God's will that we succeed in dealing with our problems and difficulties in life. It's God's will that we defeat every opponent against us and prevail, and we do that by faith. So, today I want to talk about growing faith. So, let's turn to Romans 12 and verse 3. We're going to build on the last month of teaching on faith. I want to talk about growing faith. So, Romans 12 and verse 3. It says, For I say to you, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. A measure of faith. So today we want to talk about growing faith. And this passage here says that God has given each of us the measure of faith. So each of us have faith. Everybody say, I have faith. Everybody say, I have faith. So you have faith. God said, if you've come into his family and into his kingdom and you are born again, you have faith. And God didn't give you all the faith in the world, and he didn't give you all the faith in the universe. He gave you a measure of faith. Now stay with me because we got to lay this foundation before we talk about growing your faith. So you have a measure of faith. Now, what kind of faith did God give you? God gave you the kind of faith that he has. It's called the God kind of faith. You see it all throughout the Bible. You see it from Genesis to Revelation. You see it in Mark 11, 22 through 24, where he said, have the faith of God. It's the God kind of faith. So God gave you a measure of the same kind of faith that he has. It's not lesser faith. It's not greater faith. It's the same faith that God has. And God gave every believer the measure of faith, and it's the God kind of faith. Now, once again, what is the God kind of faith? The God kind of faith is, is the, the faith that believes in the heart and says out of the mouth, and that is the God kind of faith. It's in your heart, and it's in your mouth. It's in what you believe, and it's in what you say. That is the God kind of faith. But God has given each of us a measure of faith. Now, this is, I guess, object lesson Sunday. These are all, I'm going to all give Brother Sean the credit for all these because he is the master of object lessons. But he said he gave us the measure of faith. But we all start with the same measure. 
All of us in here have the same measure we start with, and it's called the measure of faith. So we start with the same measure of faith. Now, the thing is, God gave you enough to start with, but he didn't give you the full measure of faith. It's kind of like God gave you a faith starter kit. Like a start your garden kit. You got enough that you need. You got enough seeds and enough soil and enough water to get the garden started. But now you got to do something with it to grow it. And that's what God did. He gave all of us in here the same measure of faith, the faith starter kit. And he gave you enough faith to start in this faith walk. But it's up to you to grow it. It's up to you to use it. It's up to you to advance in it because you can grow your faith. So we all have the same measure, but it's up to us to grow it. Now, here's something that happens, and I'm going to try to rightly divide some things because there's been extremes on either side in the faith message. Sometimes people will believe God, and it doesn't happen, and they, they call it a faith failure. I don't like that word, but that's what they call it, a faith failure. And a lot of times what happened was this. You were believing God for this measure, but your faith is right here. But if you are not taught faith in a balanced way, you think, I can believe God for anything and it will happen. No, you can't. God's ability is not limited, but your ability to believe him is limited. And not that you won't ever get here, but you have to start here and grow it to here. And then if I had a bigger container, you grow it to here, and you will grow it to here, and you will grow it to here. I know there's certain things that I can't believe God for now in my life that dad can believe God for, not because he's better than me, but he had a lot longer to develop his faith, so he has a bigger measure than I do right now. And I'm just saying a lot of people have so-called said they believed God and they were in faith and then walked away from faith churches saying it doesn't work. And it's not that it didn't work. It's because you hadn't grown your measure of faith to meet the need that you had. But the good news is you can grow it to whatever measure you want to, but you got to start growing it. You can get there to the place you can believe God for a certain thing, but you have to grow it till you get to that measure. So God gave each of us the same measure. That's fair of God, right? He didn't just say, you have massive faith, you have small faith. No, he said, I'll give you all the same measure, but what you do with it now depends on how big it gets. What you do with this faith now depends on how far it grows. And it's up to each of us in here to grow and develop our faith. But he gave us all the same measure. But we have to grow it. You still here? Let me give you a few more examples of this in the Bible in case you didn't believe me. All faith is not the same. It can all be the God kind of faith, but the sizes of the faith is different. Just read the Gospels. Jesus told some of the people he was ministering to, you have little faith. Many times. And it was usually his staff. <laughs> Why y'all have little faith? He'd be on a boat with them. Really? I'm in the boat with you. Why you got little faith? And it's interesting to note, there was a lot of people in the Bible, in the Gospels, Jesus said you had great faith, and they weren't even believers. <laughs> so if, if there wasn't different measures of faith, they wouldn't say one has little faith and one has great faith. Here's another example in the Bible. It talks about, they use the word, there's some that are weak in faith. That's in your Bible. And there's some that are strong in faith. So that means that you can grow, you can develop, you can change your faith to get stronger or weaker or, or smaller or larger based on not God, 
but based on what you do with the faith he's given you. You still follow me? It's amazing, even the disciples told Jesus, increase our faith. Because they knew there was places to grow in their faith, and they asked Jesus, increase our faith. So your faith can grow. Your faith can get stronger. Your faith can increase. Your faith can get greater. Come on, this is good news today. But you have to start with the measure God gave you. But the good news is, you all got the faith starter kit if you're in the kingdom of God. Now let's, I'm going to give you another example of this about faith growing. It's about a whole church. It's the, the church um, of Thessalonians. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 6. This is Paul speaking to an entire church. And you became followers of us and of the Lord and having received the word and much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. So that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe. Notice verse 8. For from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith towards God has gone out so that we did not need to say anything. So a little context, Paul is writing to this church at Thessaloniki, and he's writing to this church, and he's saying, you've been an example to all the rest of these other churches in Macedonia and Achaia. You've been examples to them, and they know about your faith because they know you're a faith church, Thessalonian church. They know that your faith is strong, and they know you're developed in your faith, and everybody has heard about your faith, Thessalonian church. So I don't even need to say anything about it. So this church had strong faith, right? They had some good faith that everybody in the community and even people that live far away knew that church is a faith church. But notice what happened, 2 Thessalonians. The next book, 2 Thessalonians 1 and verse 3. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting because your faith grows. Notice what he says. Because your faith grows exceedingly. And the love of every one of you all abounds towards each other. Now let's leave this up here. So we got a church at the Thessalonian church that Paul helped plant and pastor. And he said in one book, which was written a year earlier than this, that you're an example of faith. The people know about your faith that I don't even need to tell anybody about it because in Macedonia and Achaia and all the rest of these churches, they know about your faith and it's awesome, it's strong. And one year later... He tells a whole church, your faith grows exceedingly. That should encourage us. Because this church had great faith and strong faith, and people knew about their faith, but there was more. There was stronger faith. There was bigger faith. There was more measures of faith that they could grow into. And it said, this church, your faith grows exceedingly let that be said of this church and this church family and all of us as individuals in here that between now and next year our faith is going to grow exceedingly and then we get to that year our faith is going to grow exceedingly and then we get to that year our faith is going to grow exceedingly and that's God's will that your faith would grow year after year after year like that every year Your faith grows exceedingly. You should be able to believe God for more than you did last year and five years ago and 10 years ago and 20 years ago and 30 years ago. And I know for a fact there's some people in here that can't believe God for anything more than they did 30 years ago. It's not your pastor's fault. It's not God's fault. It's not the word's fault. It's not the worship team's fault. It's not your husband or wife's fault. It's not your kid's fault. It's because you had a measure of faith and you did nothing to develop it. 
well, I don't get blessings like the other people do. Because you didn't do anything with, with the faith that you had. You heard about faith 30 years ago. Dad was preaching this 36 years ago. But have you grown since then? Have you developed since then? Have you done anything with it since then? Because the Bible says your faith can grow exceedingly every year. And it should. That's encouraging for me. Not only did the individuals in this church, but their whole entire church, he said, your faith grows exceedingly. How many want to be people like that? Come on. That your faith grows exceedingly. Now, who, who has responsibility in that? We do. God gave it to us. Now we got to develop it. Now we got to grow it. And I'm going to tell you how we do that today. It's an interesting story. Some of you know who George Mueller was. He was a man of faith. He lived in the 1800s. He was a famous evangelist. And he had many orphanages all throughout England. George Mueller, in his biography, it's amazing. If you read it, there's miracle after miracle after miracle and amazing things that happened in his life. His whole entire life was full of miracles. And not only was he a preacher and evangelist, but he had all these orphanages, and he started with a few people, and then it got to be hundreds, and then it got to be thousands of kids he was in charge of. And he was feeding them and clothing them and helping them and teaching them about Jesus. And how many know that he had to believe God for money to feed all those kids and to clothe all those kids? And how many know back then they didn't have websites or marketing or social media or online giving or newsletters? They didn't even have telephones back then. In the 1800s. So he had to really live by faith. And, and it's encouraging. I encourage you guys to do this. But read his autobiography sometime about George Mueller. In his life of faith. Because he tells story after story after story. About talking to God about what he needed. And it would be Friday a bill would be due. And then the envelope would show up Friday morning. And he told nobody about it. There would be a big bill that was due on Sunday and some random person would walk in on Sunday morning and give him exactly what he needed. And it happened his whole entire life. And notice he went from feeding a few children to hundreds of children to thousands of children in his life. But what happened? His faith grew. This is what he said. At the beginning of his life, he said, it took all my faith to just believe for one dollar. But at the end of my life, I could believe for $1 million as easy as I could $1 in the beginning. So what happened between $1 and $1 million? His faith grew exceedingly. Now notice, it didn't take him a few weeks to do that. It took him a lifetime to do that. Let's not get down on ourselves here, folks. Because you're thinking you're going to be a God-made billionaire by Tuesday. No, you're not. Stop saying that. Just pay your bills first. It took George Mueller a lifetime to develop his faith, and he did. And at the beginning, notice, in the 1800s, a million dollars is like a billion dollars. <laughs> but he said earlier on in his life, it took everything to believe for one dollar, and then he got one dollar, then he could believe for ten, then he could believe for a hundred, then he could believe for a thousand and ten thousand. And eventually he got to believe for a million dollars to feed all thousands of children and to run his ministry in the 1800s and he did it by faith not by newsletters not by marketing or social media not by phone calls saying can you help me I run an orphanage he just believed God and he developed his faith for his whole entire life and notice what happened between one dollar and a million dollars in a lifetime between that his faith grew exceedingly but where did he start? Where we all do? One dollar. <laughs> he started with the same measure of faith that we all do. That should encourage us. Because your faith can grow exceedingly. So I want to talk today about how do we grow our faith. 
or what things grow our faith. First of all, if we're going to grow our faith, we have to feed our faith. If we want to grow our faith, we have to feed our faith. If we want to grow physically, we got to eat. How many have ever told your kids that? I mean, if you can't get them to eat the broccoli, especially if they want to be tall, eat that, you'll grow tall. Eat that, you'll get muscles. Eat that, you'll get tall. Eat that, you'll be the strongest person ever. You know you lying. But why do you do that? Because it is true. If you don't eat, you won't grow. Kids that are malnourished do not grow like kids that are properly nourished. If you want to grow, you got to eat. If you want to grow your faith, you got to eat. If you want to grow physically, you got to eat. If you want to get strong physically, you got to eat. If you want to get spiritually strong, you got to eat. It all goes together. So we realize if we want to grow our faith, we have to feed our faith. If we want to get stronger, if we want to grow and develop, we have to eat spiritual food. Just like we have to eat natural food if we want to grow strong, we have to eat spiritual food if we want to grow strong. We have to feed our faith. Let's look at Matthew 4 and verse 4. But he answered and said, It is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So Jesus is saying here, just like physical food Bread is to the body, so is God's word to your spirit. So physical food to your body helps you to grow like bread, but God's word is spiritual food for your spirit to grow strong. We have to feed our faith. If we want to grow our faith, we got to feed our faith. If we want to grow spiritually, we got to eat. Look at your neighbor and say, i got to eat. Okay, stay with me. We're not going to Golden Corral yet. we got to feed our faith. So notice Jesus said, man should not live by bread alone. That's not what's most important, physical food. But notice, we will live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's spiritual food. And you have to eat if you want to grow strong. Let's look at Romans 10 and verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So notice what the word is. The word is faith food. Because when we hear the word, faith comes. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So spiritually, I got to eat. Well, what do you eat? You got to eat the word. Why do you eat the word? Because faith comes through hearing the word. Faith becomes stronger by hearing the word. You grow in your faith by hearing the word. And notice it says faith comes by hearing and hearing. Meaning you got to hear it ongoingly. You need to eat every day physically or you'll get weak. Right? Just like you got to eat every day spiritually or you're going to get weak. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If we want to grow our faith strong, we have to feed our faith. But notice we can't just eat on Sundays. <laughs> now you guys want growing strong faith, right? That's, that's why you're here this morning. You want growing strong faith. That's what we're preaching about. You want your faith to grow exceedingly. You want to get beyond this little measure where you're going to have to grow and develop it. How do you grow it? you got to eat spiritual food and not just on Sunday. you got to eat daily because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you want to be strong physically, you got to eat every day. Or you get hangry. You get grumpy. You get weak. You get tired. And the same thing happens to you spiritually if you don't eat the word. How many of you know that when you're not in the word, your love walk goes down the drain quickly? Why? Why? Because your spirit starts getting weak. When you're out of the word, it's hard to believe God for stuff because you're 
not eating spiritually. And you got to try to muster something up. But if you're always eating spiritually the Word of God, by feeding your faith on the Word, you would stay strong and you would continue to grow and grow and grow and grow. And your faith can grow exceedingly. You still with me? F.F. Bosworth said this, Many Christians wonder why they are weak in faith, but they feed their bodies three warm meals a day and their spirit one cold snack a week. And wonder why they're weak in faith. That's exactly why. You wouldn't miss physical meals, but you miss spiritual meals all the time. It doesn't matter. And then you're like, well, I don't, I don't feel very strong. I don't feel really connected to God. Yeah, because you're not eating. I don't, I don't feel like my faith is strong. I don't feel like my relationship is strong with God. Yeah, because you're not eating. And most of us do that. We won't miss meals. We won't. But yet we'll give our body these meals every day, but not our spirit. It should not be that way. Jesus said in his prayer, the, the Lord's prayer actually, give us this day our daily bread. I don't think he was just talking about physical food. There's spiritual food for you, you daily. There's spiritual nourishment for you daily. But you got to get in the word to eat it. You got to eat this word every day. To have strong faith. You got to feed on the word every day to have strong faith. You got to listen to the word all day to have strong faith. Because if you want to grow your faith, you got to feed your faith. Whatever you feed will grow stronger and stronger, and whatever you starve will go weaker and weaker. I love it. I'm pretty sure it was Brother Copeland said this you got to feed your faith and starve your doubts to death. It's sad. A lot of Christians don't feed their faith. They feed their doubts all the time. How do you do that? By listening to your coworkers. By listening to your unbelieving relatives that you talk on the phone to. By listening to social media. By listening to the nightly news every day because you got to know what's going on. And you're eating doubt, fear, and unbelief all day long. And you're wondering why you can't believe God when you get sick. You're, de- you're eating all day. Uh, the economy's going down. And we're losing jobs and America's going down and China's taking over. And then you, don't, you wonder why I don't, have, I don't have faith for prosperity now. I don't know if God can do it now. Because you're feeding yourself nonsense. Come on, I'm with you, Jared. I'll, I'll yell with you today. You're eating fear, doubt, and unbelief all the time, and you're wondering why you're scared. You're wondering why you're sick. You're wondering why you're a complainer. You're wondering why you're a victim. When God called you to be victorious and an overcomer, because you're not feeding your faith, you're feeding your fear and your doubt and your unbelief. But guess whose choice it is? Yours. We don't want that. We want, if God wants me to have strong faith, I'll just have it. Not true. (laughs) God just gave me weak faith and other strong faith. Not true. The Bible says God has given us all the measure of faith. Now it's up to us to develop it, to grow it, to strengthen ourselves in it. And it can grow as far as we want it to grow. And it can get as strong as we want it to get. But you got to feed your faith. With the word, if you want to grow your faith. Still here. If you want to grow strong in faith, you have to feed your faith. So ask yourself, what am I feeding on every day? The word or worry? The word or what the world says. The word or what the news says or my coworkers say or my community says. 
or my relatives that don't believe anything say. And I'm choosing to believe them more than God, like they have anything in this world figured out. But that's what you feed on. That's what you'll believe. And that's what you'll eat. And you'll get fat and sassy. All fear, doubt, and unbelief and think you're right. And you're absolutely 100% wrong. Haven't you seen that in the world? People are so confident with their doubt and their unbelief. Why? Because you've been feeding on that trash for years. You've been cramming spiritual Mickey D's down your gullet for the past 30 years, and you're so confident about your complaining and your negativity. Start eat, eating some spiritual faith food. You know what that is? Core life. I've been starting to go to core life. You know why? Because Michael Manning's healthy and he's in good shape, and I've been eating with him. So... When I said next step, I meant I needed somebody to keep me accountable in my eating habits. That's all he's here for, guys. You thought I was hiring a graphic designer. No. He's a personal trainer. And your money's going to pay for it. You want your pastor healthy, right? Okay, well, it costs money. It was like we could, we could go Chad or Michael Manning on the here. I don't know. I'll go with Michael because Chad's got a lot going on right now. So, <laughs> Whatever we feed will grow stronger. If we want to grow our faith, we have to feed our faith. It's so easy for us today. We don't realize how easy it is for us in 2021. We have so many translations of the Bible. You can't miss it. It's for free on all your devices, your computer, your iPad, your iPod, your iPhone. You can literally have your phone read you the Bible if you can't read. Or even if you're too lazy to read, it will read it for you. There is YouTube channels full of every great faith minister who ever existed on YouTube for free. Well, I don't have money for CDs. I don't have money to download this. Go to YouTube. There's a thousand messages from Kenneth E. Hagan to Dr. Lester Summerall. You name it, all the great faith generals for free. You want faith food? If you want it, it's there. You could go on podcasts and download ministers from all over the world that are faith preachers and listen all day long and you don't have to pay anything for it. Don't tell me it's hard to feed your faith. It's actually as easy as it's ever been in human history to feed your faith. (laughs) The sad thing is us Americans are so stinking spoiled. We are. You got people in third world countries who live under communism just having a few pages of the Bible and they read it and pray over it and cry over it every day just to read God's word. And we have Bibles laying around our house getting dusty. Wondering why they're raising the dead in China. And America can barely believe God to get out of the house during COVID-19. Come on, don't play with me. Do not play with me. Why? Because they love God's word. They feed on God's word. Just to come to church for a few hours in a country like that, they would walk miles and miles, and they would get beaten for it, and they would go to jail for it just to hear God's word. And yet Americans can barely get out of bed to watch YouTube of live stream of their own church. Wake up. Let's talk real. And then we wonder, 
Man, God, haven't you wondered that before? Why does in like South America they see all these signs and wonders and miracles and revival? And why do in Africa they see these fantastic things happening in China and Russia and all these countries that seem like there's a lot of oppression and they don't have the money we have and they don't have the resources we have and they don't have the comforts we have? Because they love God's word more than anything else. And they feed on God's word more than anything else. And they cherish God's word more than anything else. And they love God's word more than anything else. Even if they just have a portion of it. They treat it with so much honor. And they feed their faith on it to the point that the word becomes flesh in their life. I'm preaching better than you're responding today. Yet, us Americans, I mean, I'll get around to it. I don't have time to read my Bible, but your, your iPhone says you were on Instagram for three hours today. No time for the Bible, though, right? Is it true or is it not? Come on, I mean, like, your Netflix account says you made it through season 12 of The Office in one night. But I ain't got time for the word. <laughs> You're fooling yourself. <laughs> Are you still here? Do you still love me? I love you. I just get excited about the word. Isn't it better we talk about this stuff instead of ignore it in churches? A lot of churches are just straight ignoring this. And you know what? They'll live and die and their faith will be weak. They'll live and die and that faith will never have miracle signs and wonders. They'll live and die and there'll never be power in that church. Never people full of strong faith. Why? Because no one talks about this. My preaching, I don't enjoy skirting the elephant in the room. I think we should talk about it and look directly at it. Because <laughs> that's what we're all dealing with, including myself. And if we want to have strong faith and growing faith, I mean, I got to move. You guys are stirring me up. We got to feed our faith, the Word of God. 1 Timothy 4 and 6. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Notice, nourished, and that's a food word. You eat food for nourishment. Notice what he says, nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you have careful, carefully followed. But notice what Paul's telling Timothy. You need to be nourished. Now, you're, you're not physically nourished from that, but you're spiritually nourished from words of faith. What are the words of faith? The word. The word. So if we want to grow our faith, we've got to feed our faith. Wow. Time is flying when you're having fun, right, on Sunday morning. <laughs> Jared, you started this, so it's your fault. <laughs> as soon as he started yelling, I was like, that's my brother. i got to say something. i got to yell, too. You know, a side note on this, and I said this last week, I never should apologize for passion, and neither should you. Why? Because I've heard Brother Hagin say this many times, the word will not work for you unless you're excited about it. So I need to stop apologizing on Sunday morning for yelling at you, being passionate to you, feeling like I'm going too hard. No, you need to be acting like me. <laughs> Maybe if you did, it would work more. That's what Brother Hagin said. When you get thrilled and excited about the word, that's when it will work for you. And I get so excited because I'm trying to help you, not even myself. So if you want to grow your faith, you got to feed your faith. Next thing, if you want to grow your faith, you got to use your faith. You have to use your faith. Faith is like a muscle. You have to use it. And if you don't use it, you lose it. The Bible's very clear about this, that you need to be a doer of the word. If you're going to grow your faith, you have to use 
your faith. You have to exercise it daily. Dr. Summerall said this, living faith must be reborn every day. Or we could say living faith must be used every day. In the same way you need to eat every day, you need to exercise every day to be spiritually strong. And how do we exercise our spirit? We need to use our faith. Now, I do lift weights, no jokes aside. Michael's training me. But I have these little weights in my room just for fun. Just in case I didn't get to the gym. Because I'm not trying to be a meathead at this time in my life, okay? So I'm not going with the 50-pounders. I'm going with the 10-pounders. I'm just trying to be healthy and strong and lean. Come on, a lean, mean fight machine at 34. That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to do. Now, if I want to grow my muscles, I have to use my muscles. That's why even people, when they get older, they tell them, you need to do exercises with weight resistance because you're going to lose your muscles if you don't use your muscles. And that's why a lot of old people get weaker and they can't walk as well and they hunch over because they haven't used their muscles. And if you don't use it, you lose it. It's the same way with faith. If you don't use it, you will lose it. And you have to use your faith if you want to grow your faith. Do we want strong spiritual muscles? If the answer is yes, you got to use it every day. Every day. Every day you got to use it because if you don't use it, you will lose it. Notice, but it's a daily thing because a lot of people will stop using their faith and they go to believe God and they wonder why it doesn't happen. Because your muscles have gotten weaker in that time you've taken off. You've got to actively be doing it daily. You've got to use it or you'll lose it. So faith is like a muscle. Now listen to this. You've been there and I've been there too. You can go in the gym and you'll see somebody who's really muscular. Probably that's other people looking at me <laughs> when they go to the gym. But let's just say I'm looking at somebody else. <laughs> so we go, we go in the gym and we see somebody and we've all said this to ourselves. I just don't have any muscles. Is that true? No. The thing is, we all have muscles. We all have the measure of faith. What's the difference between you and Mr. Hulk? What's the difference? You both have muscles. You both have faith. One has developed their muscles, and one hasn't developed their muscles. One has used their muscles, and one hasn't used their muscles but you both got muscles, just one looks non-existent because you haven't used it. It's the same true over here. You have faith. Why does this person look like he's got a lot of faith and you don't have any faith? Well, because he's developed his faith and you haven't. He's used his faith and you haven't. So his faith has gotten stronger and larger and your faith has gotten weaker and smaller because you haven't used it. Are you still here with me this morning? So if we want to have strong faith that grows, if we don't use it, we will lose it. we got to use our spiritual muscles. James 2 and 26 says, Faith without actions is dead. That means if it's not active faith, it's dead faith. Living faith is faith that is being put to use. So, practically, how do we use our faith daily? Here's the first thing. Now, this is something that you're not going to want to jump and scream and shout about. But it will help your muscles grow. Help you get your spiritual reps in. 
If you want to use your faith and grow it, you have to be obedient to God's word. Daily obedience is using your faith muscle. So what does that look like? The word says, now you don't need a word from heaven to know about this because the word from heaven's already said this. The word says I need to walk in love, right? You being obedient to that scripture is you using your faith. And the more you use it, the stronger it will get. The more you use it, the larger it will get. The more you use it, the more developed it will get. Being obedient to the scripture that says walk in love is using your faith. Because how many know it takes faith to walk in love with people? Oh, you thought we were only talking about Bentleys and mansions when we were talking about faith. No, faith is required for everything we do in the spiritual walk. Really, the houses and the cars is the easy part. The love walk is the part you need the muscles for. <laughs> the forgiveness part is the part you need muscles for. The, the peace and joy part is the part you need muscles for. The living holy in an unholy world is where you need muscles for. But being obedient to God's word uses your faith muscle daily. But other than that, how do we use our faith daily? You need to have faith projects. All of you need to have faith projects. Specifically, you have to say, what are you believing God for? If I ask you what you're believing God for, and you say, I don't know, that means you're not using your faith. <laughs> and I know that would be a lot of people's answer. Well, I don't know. For a good life. That he would be with me. Okay, give me something. If that's your answer to when somebody says, what are you believing God for in your life? You're not using your faith muscle. You're using your faith muscle when you're obedient to the written word of God but you use your faith muscle when you're believing for specific things that God has put in your heart, faith projects. And we should always have faith projects. And notice, once that gets done, get a new faith project. And by when that's done, your faith should be bigger and stronger that you could believe God for more in the future than you did on the last faith project because you used it, and you used it, and you used it, and you used it. You guys still follow me here. But what are your faith projects? It could be, could be a car. Could be a house. Could be a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter. Could be something that's going on in your body or your mind. It could be you're believing for a coworker. It could be all sorts of things, but what are your faith projects? Because if you can't tell me specifically, if I ask you, what do you believe in God for daily? You're not using your faith. You're deceived. Your faith muscle is getting weaker if you aren't using it daily. So last thing I want to talk about is if we want to grow our faith, we have to endure by faith. Let's look at James 1 in verse 2. James 1. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. I believe the New Living says about this that when you fall into troubles, the testing of your faith will make it grow. So if you want to grow your faith, you got to feed your faith. If you want to grow your faith, you have to use your faith. And lastly, one that we don't like to talk about, if we want to grow our faith, endurance 
And enduring by faith can grow our faith. Now, it's interesting in this passage it says, when (laughs) trials, tests, suffering happens. Now, I'm going to rightly divide the word on this. Because uh, some people in the Word of Faith camp, when they see suffering in the New Testament, go like this. What? Trials? Suffering? God said we're victorious and we're overcomers. Yes, he did. But you can't ignore all the verses that say suffering, trials, temptation, resistance, opposition. So what do you do about those verses? I'll tell you what you do about those verses. It's very simple and easy, like we've been teaching this whole series. Jesus said, in this world... You will have tribulation. In this world, you will have trouble. In this world, you will have opposition because you have an enemy. You live in a fallen, broken world with fallen, broken people. And you have a devil and demons against you, for starters. And they don't want you to accomplish God's will and plan for your life. So in this world, you will have troubles and tribulations. But then Jesus said, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Now, how do we get in on his overcoming the world? Our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Now, stay with me here, because the Bible says when trials and temptations happen. Can we actually pull that verse back up here? James 1. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various Trials. Now, this word trial can mean a lot of things. It can mean troubles, difficulties, suffering, opposition, resistance. But it says, when this happens, count it joy. Next verse. Knowing that the testing of your faith will produce patience. And notice what happens after that in verse 4. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. That word patience and endurance go kind of hand in hand. Some translations say patience, some say endurance. So this is what happens because I see a lot of Christians, especially faith people, denying that sufferings and trials and temptations happen, which they do. So we have big portions of our life that we feel like are wasted seasons when actually we could be using to not just go through it, but our faith could grow through it. Where's my organ when I need it? Not even that God sent it. Stay with me. But I serve a God who can turn all things together for the good of him that loves him and is called according to his purpose and what the enemy sent to destroy me, I can use if I treat it in the right way to make me stronger. Are you with me so far? Now, once again, I did not say that these tests and trials and difficulties were from God. They're from the enemy. But the word says if we count it joy and we stay in faith, We cannot just get through it. We can come out better on the other side because our faith will get stronger with that patience endurance that we learned in the middle of the trial. So now there's no such thing as wasted seasons and victory seasons. It's actually all victory seasons. Just some seasons are a little bit harder, but you're going to grow through them just like the times when everything's going right. But let's not be word of faith, people, that when we see that in the New Testament, we hide our eyes. I didn't see that. No, you saw it. The Apostle Paul saw it. Think about the Apostle Paul's life. He said he was shipwrecked. He was beaten by his friends. He was beaten by his enemies. He was thrown in prison. He was spit on. He was stoned. And yet he stayed in faith the whole time and he said, you know what? It was actually for my betterment because more people heard the gospel. 
And I know what I went through because the enemy was trying to stop me. But I didn't get weaker. I got stronger because of it. I got better because of it. I got wiser because of it. And I didn't let the difficulties and the trials make me weaker because I stayed in faith. I got stronger. So our faith can grow through these seasons just like it can grow by feeding it and by using it. Am I helping somebody this morning? Because maybe you're there. And I love this. It says, right here I wrote this down. If just going through tests and trials made you stronger in your faith, we would all be spiritual giants. Hear me. So it's not just that we go through those things because everybody does. It's how we go through those things depends on whether we grow in our faith. Because trust me, there's a lot of people going through it and it's not making them better, it's making them bitter. It's not helping them get stronger. They're getting weaker because of it. Haven't you seen that in your personal life? Two people could go through the same exact hard situation. And one person come out of it and they'd be a victim the rest of their life. They'd be broken the rest of their life. They'd be mentally impaired the rest of their life. They'd be physically impaired the rest of their life. They'd be in bondage the rest of their life. So it wasn't the test and the trial. It was how you go through it. But then the other person went through the same exact thing. And they got stronger from it. And they got better from it. And they got wiser from it. And they had a testimony that they helped people after they went through it. Because one person went through it. And one person went through it in faith. (laughs) But tests and trials and difficulties come to everybody. But if we're going to learn something from it, you got to go through it in faith. If you're going to grow through it, you got to go through it in faith. So then now there's not a wasted season in your life. Even in the hard stuff, I'm growing from this. Every great man and woman of faith I know has went through a lot of stuff. We don't want to talk about that on Sunday morning, but they have. And it wasn't the stuff they went through that made them that way. It was how they handled it. It wasn't the tests and trials that made them strong. It was that they stayed in faith through it and got stronger from it. The Apostle Paul was like that. I was thinking about Brother Hagin this week. He was born with deformities. He was almost aborted as a young baby. He grew up and he had heart issues and he almost died on his deathbed at 16 and he had issue after issue after issue. And it wasn't the issues that made him strong in faith. It was how he got through it. And somebody like Brother Hagin literally taught everybody who knows anything about faith, faith. But you look at the man's life, he went through a lot of stuff. Why? Because the devil doesn't like that. And the devil was trying to destroy him just like he is your life. But you can go through it and grow through it. You guys getting something this morning? I'm about to close. The enemy tries to use it to work against you. But if you stay in faith, it can actually work for your better. You can either go through it or you can grow through it. You can get better, you can get bitter, you can get weaker, or you can get stronger. But trials and tests come to everybody. And if you stay in faith, it can make you stronger. You guys hear my heart this morning. I love this. I'm going to close with this in one last verse in the Amplified. Remember we talk about faith like a muscle. One of the definitions for trial was resistance. What do they call weightlifting? Resistance training. Resistance training. So when I go through this trial, I'm getting my reps up.
I'm getting my weight up. It's resistance training. If I stay in faith and if I lift it the right way, I'm going to get stronger through this. You know what? Our family's been through a lot. Not just recently, but for a long time. The devil gets no credit here. But you know what? It's resistance training. After we come out the side of another test and trial, we're stronger. We're better. We're more focused. Go ahead. We're more focused. (laughs) We're more determined to slap devils left and right. If you stay in faith, it can work for you, not against you. And you can get stronger because it's resistance training. And I was thinking about this. I was at the park praying yesterday, and I felt like, man, this is what the enemy's been doing. He's just been trying to put more on the bar for me for a long time. 10, 20, 30 40, man, it's getting a little heavy. 50, there's another situation. 60, there's, there's issues at church. 70, there's an issue in the family. 80, Natalie needs my help. The boys need my help. 100, there's physical issues. 120, 150. And I was thinking, you know what? The devil doesn't really know what he's doing, does he? Because the more I'm lifting, <laughs> the stronger I'm going to be when I come out of this. <laughs> so we could go the accelerated weightlifting plan <laughs> or the slow weightlifting plan. But however it does, I'm going to be lifting a lot more after we get on the other side of all this. <laughs> and it's the same way for you. Sometimes you just got to get defiant with the devil and say, go ahead, put 10 more on there. Because you know when I'm done, I'm going to be able to lift 10 more than I was before. Put 20 on there. Because I'm going to be able to lift 20 more than I was before. Put 50 on there. Because I'm going to be able to lift 50 more than I was before. And you thought it was working against me, but it was working for me. You thought it was making me weaker. Because I felt a little tired and I felt like I couldn't lift it anymore. But actually I was getting stronger all along. And I'm not giving any credit to the enemy because no one's a victim around here. We're victors. But I'm saying you need to look at it like that in your own life. Go ahead, devil. Put more on here because I'm going to come out of this stronger and stronger and better and better. And I'm not just going to go through it. I'm going to grow through it. It's resistance training. And if I lift it right, key word. If you don't lift it right, what happens? You get hurt. <laughs> it's a lot of Christians. Ah! <laughs> no, but if you lift it right with the proper form, you grow from it. Let's just say a few things together, can we? And I'm going to read one more verse. Father, I thank you. I'm getting stronger. I'm getting stronger. I'm getting stronger in my faith. I'm using my faith. I'm growing in my faith. I'm not just going through something. I'm growing through this. Father, I thank you that you're making all things work together for my good. Father, I thank you. These tests and trials... I will get on the other side of it, and my faith will grow in Jesus' name. Last verse, James 1 and 2 and 4. Appreciate you being here with me today. Did you guys get anything this morning? (laughs) James 1, 2 and 4 in the Amplified. Notice what it says. Consider it nothing but joy. You know why he has to say that, right? Because we feel the opposite of it at the moment. My brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials, be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance, leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. 
And let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed, notice, in your faith and lacking in nothing. Did you guys get something today? Thank you for staying with me. Thank you for letting me be wild today and passionate about what God's doing. I love you. And we're growing in our faith at Church on the Rock. That's all I know. Father, we love you today, and we thank you for what you're doing in this place. We thank you for this message on faith, and we thank you for everything that's happened today. I pray that these people would feed their faith. They would grow it by using their faith. And, Father, we're going to endure to the end and see our faith get stronger. And we thank you for it today. I pray blessings over your people. I pray that they go in your peace and your joy. And we thank you that angels go with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.